All right, so today we are wrapping up this series that we've been in for the last three weeks. Fourth, this is the fourth week on emotional health. And I hope if you've been here for any of this series, I hope what you have started to see is that emotional health is something that we don't think very much about or talk about or work on until there's a crisis. And usually by then, we need like emergency help. We need to go to the emotional health emergency room, which, which is like to go to a counselor or a therapist or something. But there, there, there are some steps in between. There's ways to stay emotionally healthy if we will just take some time and think and focus on it. So we've been building through this progression of emotional health. We started with self-awareness. Then we talked about self-management. Last week we talked about social awareness. And today we're going to talk about relational management. But I want to remind you why we're talking about this, why we're taking time to do this on Sunday mornings when we're here to worship God and, and grow as followers of Jesus. Here's, here's why. Uh, and this, we're going to go back to our memory verse for the series, this key verse that I hope that, that you've got this buried down deep by now. Um, but if you're new to the series, uh, just say this along with me. This is from Proverbs chapter 4, uh, verse 23. Are you ready? Is it up there? No. So Proverbs 4, 23. Hey, there we go. Okay, you ready? Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. You guys got that? You should. It's really short and simple, so let's try it again. Close your eyes. Let's try it again. You ready? Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Wonderful. The reason why we're talking about this is because Solomon believed that our, our lives, the decisions that we make every day, the way we interact with people, the things that we do come from what's going on inside of our hearts. That our emotions and, and our desires, that, that shapes, in a lot of ways, who we are and what we do. Jesus echoed this later in the Gospels when he said, the things that come out of your mouth come from your heart. And so we spend a lot of time working on our brains, you know. We, we get educated. We get intellect, you know, buried down deep in there. We get smarter. We get more knowledge. That's why you go to college, to get more knowledge, right? Okay, never mind. Second service will laugh at that. It's okay. Um, so that's... That, that we focus on that, we don't focus a whole lot on this. But, but Solomon and, and Jesus would tell us, we need to start here. And so if you've missed any of these uh, messages leading up to this, I would encourage you to jump online and grab those. Uh, th this all kind of builds on itself. So today we're going to talk about relational management. Relational management basically is this. I can communicate clearly with others and manage conflict well. I can communicate clearly with others and manage conflict well. And here's what I know about you because I know it's true about me, you do not communicate as well as you think you do. No one does. We all think, well, I, I communicate really clearly. But if you were to ask the people that are closest to you, if you have room for improvement in your communication, they would all say yes. You know that, right? Just ask them right now. Nudge somebody with your elbow. Could I improve my communication? See what happens. Yeah, the answer is yes. None of us communicate as clearly as we think we do. The, the second thing I know that's true about you, because I know it's true about me, none of us manage conflict as well as we would like to. Every time we have a conflict, we get on the other side of that, and we go, oh, I could have, if I had only done this, if I, I, I should have done that better, I should have, we should have addressed this months ago. Like, we all think that, that there's room for improvement in our conflict management. Here's the good news. You can get better at this. 
You can absolutely get better at this. In fact, getting better at this, if you're a follower of Jesus, this is not really optional. This is imperative that you get better at this. We've talked about this throughout the series. Jesus commanded us, love your neighbor as yourself. If we're going to do that, we have got to get better at communicating and conflict management. Maybe it's even more urgent than that for you. Maybe your marriage is struggling, or at least it's not thriving. And you could point to communication and conflict management as two of the reasons. Maybe something got lost in translation when you talk to your kids. Maybe you're not building strong relationships at work. Maybe your neighbors don't know who you are, and the ones who do don't like you. Maybe simply being around certain people increases your anxiety. Maybe you feel lonely. Maybe you feel misunderstood. All of these things can get better. They can improve if we'll take some time to work on our communication and conflict management. But here's, here's the reason why it matters for us as a church. I'm going to read this passage from Romans, and then we're going to move on and get some help from some people who know more about this than I do. Romans chapter 12, Paul describes this kind of picture of what the church should look like. This is what it should look like when you guys are together as the church, okay? Here, here's what he says, starting in verse 9. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another with showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Doesn't that sound great? Like if this was a description of a community that you could sign up to be a part of, like a neighborhood. Hey, come and move into our neighborhood. This is what our neighborhood looks like. How many of you would be like, sign me up? That sounds great. I would love to be a part of a neighborhood like that. The problem is once you moved in, it wouldn't be like that anymore, would it? <laughs> because we're, we're people. We need help getting there. We need help living out this kind of community. And that's what Jesus offers us is this help. This is what the church is supposed to look like. How do we get there? Well, I have asked for help for some, some people who I think know more about this than I do. I'm going to introduce to you and have them come up as I introduce them. Uh, first, Marianne Haymaker. You guys, uh, most of you know her. She's a part of the Cicero fam. Come on up, Marianne. Um, she, is, she has a degree in sociology. She has a background in case management. And she has been the director of our youth assistance program here at Hamilton Heights for about four years. She has four kids, one granddaughter, and she just loves her job and loves kids. So we're excited to have Marianne come and contribute with us. Uh, also, Matt Wilson. Matt, come on up. Um, Matt and his wife, April, will celebrate their 17th anniversary next month. They have three daughters, Bethany, Alethea, and Sayla. I think Sayla's here. Very nice. Uh, they moved to Indiana in 2003 to follow our own Andy Gable, who was going to Africa, as you know. And so they, they followed Andy, cleaned up after him there. Uh, Matt and April both earned their master's in marriage and family therapy in 2007, and then Matt went on to counseling full-time uh, with individuals. Um, he spent a couple years in student ministry, and now he is currently the executive director of the Boone County Mentoring Partnership. 
And in his spare time, as though he has any, he coaches cross-country basketball and track. So we're super excited to have Matt and Marianne, and we're, we're just going to have a conversation and let you guys listen in as they share a little bit about what they see in our community and how we can be a part of shaping our community to be more like what Paul described in that passage in Romans. So I'm going to sit down with you guys. I'm going to switch to this microphone, and, and I'm going to just ask you guys some questions. So uh, Matt, I'm going to start with you, and we're going to talk a little bit about just communication and what you've seen in your experiences, in your work. Um, how have you seen communication habits, whether healthy or unhealthy, uh, impact families? Well, I, I would be the first to say that I don't know that I'll ever win a Husband of the Year or Father of the Year award um, because it's, it's tough. It's a lot easier to talk about it than to actually do it, like most things. Um, it, because a lot of us, well, pretty much all of us, are bringing years or even decades worth of what we, how we learned how to communicate from our families into the mix. Um, and then when you add a couple different styles or versions of that communication, it, there, there's inevitably going to be a clash or a conflict. Uh, but, you know, with, from, from an unhealthy standpoint, when we, when we have relationships um, that that enter into a lot of unhealthy communication. I've seen a lot of resentment build up. Um, I've seen a lot of assumptions made, which just leads to frustration and, and anger and uh, cause a lot of stress, division, um, and, and just distrust. A lot of secrets develop and uh, just an uncertainty of what, what will they think if I say this or so I better not say that. So just a lot of, a lot of, a lot of mistrust or distrust. Talk a little bit more about trust. That seemed to be where you're going with that whole thing. Just talk a little bit more about the importance of trust in, in relationships, and and maybe how that is improved. Um, it's really difficult to have a healthy relationship if you can't trust the other person in the relationship. Um, if, if that's not there, then you're wondering, okay, well, what are they going to try to get from me? Um, and, and I think the number one thing in developing that trust and improving that communication or, uh, is trying to really understand the, the other person. Uh, what the other person may be trying to convey isn't, isn't from a selfish standpoint, but you know, this, people may be asking, this is what would help me understand you better. Or I need you to understand this so we can work through that. Um, rather, than the, rather than having all the focus be on this is what I want, what I want, what I want. But it may be more like what I really need to help this relationship improve. Why is this? So a lot of us here are here because we follow Jesus, and I know you're a devoted follower of Jesus. How is the conversation a little bit more ramped up or elevated for a Jesus follower? What is this, this, this communication, why is it so important for people who follow Jesus? I'm killing this mic. <laughs> <laughs> um, before getting there, I, th- I, think, I think it's important to understand that uh, as followers of Jesus, 
we, we still face the same struggles as anyone else. Um, we're not immune to anything. Uh, we have the opportunity to tap into the Holy Spirit to help guide us, but we've got to allow that to happen. Um, I think it's critical for us because the world is looking at us. They, they want, I, I believe that people in this world want to see something different than what they experience. And too often, they don't see that. Um, and so, as a follower of Jesus, it, it's imperative that we really work hard to improve our relationships and, and because it, it really is that witness of, of Jesus. What, so what, what are just some goals that you think we can set for ourselves in, in improving our communication habits? Give us something practical. Again, it's a lot easier said than done. But one thing that I, I think is recognize that, it, that we can't do a complete 180 immediately, uh, especially in this day and age where we've got, it's a day of instant gratification I, or a quick fix. We, it, it's not going to be a quick fix. But as sim- simple as it may sound, um, the goal of just stop and listen. Listen to understanding. And that may require asking some questions, but not asking those questions in a, well, why would you do that? What? But to, and, and not asking questions to necessarily condemn or, or pass judgment, but help me understand. Approach it with a help me understand. So it simply is recognizing that it's not a quick fix. Again, we've got years or decades worth of stuff built up, and, but, uh, and, and then realizing that we need to just stop and listen, listen to understand. Would you take just a minute and tell us a little bit about the mentoring program that you work with? I know this wasn't on my yeah. question sheet that I sent you, so, um, but just tell us a little bit about what you guys do and uh, what impact do you, you think that it makes for, for young people to have mentors? Yeah, so uh, I'm sure there are plenty of people who are familiar with the Big Brothers, Big Sisters, or I, I know in Hamilton County they've had other mentoring uh, organizations, but what we try to do uh, is match young people in our county with who, who, are, who could benefit from having a, another positive adult role model in their life. Studies show that kids need at least five good adult connections at any point in time. Um, so we try to match any of these kids who might benefit from having an adult role model in their life with adult volunteers that live, work, play, attend church in our community. Um, it really became, I, I was going through about a, a year, what I call the year in the wilderness for me. And every time I'd come back in, it was after my last youth ministry, uh, driving back home from work, seeing in our community just these kids, it seemed like they were just wandering. And I thought, well, what would a good mentoring program look like? Because these kids need someone. And, and whether the kids want to believe it or not, uh, they, they need more people than they would admit to. And so I'd see these kids and I'd ask, well, what would it look like to have a good mentoring program here in our community? Uh, because there are kids that can form those natural relationships, there, but there are a lot that, that can't right now. 
whether it's from lack of or an inability to be able to relate to adults or to communicate with adults or communicate with anyone face-to-face. Um, and I, I've seen so much hopelessness in, in their faces. They don't know that people really care. Uh, or in, by the time they get to a certain age, like, God, ah, this is life. This is, this is how it is. No one cares. No one's going to be here. So forget it. And we want, to, we want to change that. We want to truly be seeing our community, our county, transform. And these kids grow up to realize there are people here who love me. There are people here who care about me. There are people here who see potential. And so we're, we're essentially just an organization that, that tries to help bring hope. Are we successful 100% of the time? No. But we, we really strive to do that. I've, I've told people in other churches that, uh, at my home church and other places, that we really get to, uh, all, all youth ministers should be envious of what we get to do because we get to match kids one-to-one with adults. Uh, and any youth, if we've ever had a youth ministry like that, that'd be phenomenal. But. So, yeah, just to tag on to that, I would say if this is something that strikes a chord in your heart and you feel like, hey, maybe I could be a part of showing love to a young person, um, you, don't, you don't have to have a program for that. Uh, you, you, could, you could do that on your own, or you could talk to our student pastors back there, Justin and Katie. Wave your hands. There you go. Uh, or come and talk to Matt and, and ask him how you can get started. Um, let's shift gears a little bit. Marianne, uh, just kind of segue from that. Tell us a little bit about what you see happening in our community and, uh, and maybe how you know, healthy, um, healthy conflict or communication management can, can play a role in what you, what you see. I've seen a lot in our community lately of um, children being raised by someone other than their parent. There are a lot of kids being raised by grandparents, by aunts, uncles, or a distant family member. And I think it's really important for us to surround those people. Um, Youth Assistant started a grandparent guardian coffee where they can come in, the grandparents or the guardians can come and talk about self-care and about good communication with the kids. And part of what my program does is just try to encourage adults to communicate with kids. They're so much more comfortable with topics like mental health and suicide than we are as adults. And the more comfortable we become with it, the better conversations we're going to have with our kids. And I think that's really key right now in our society. Um, There's always been this stigma on mental health. The kids don't have that stigma on mental health. They're very open about it. It's uncomfortable for us as adults sometimes. Sometimes I catch myself being uncomfortable, and I'm like, oh, I have to, you know, you want to relate to these kids on a level that, that they feel comfortable with. What, maybe are there, are there any statistics or things that you could share? I think most of us yeah. probably don't see a lot of what you see. Yeah. Kind of open our eyes up a little bit to what our community is, is like. Well, I can tell you that for Hamilton County right now for the month of May, or well, two months ago, we had 34 adults that were homeless and 170 kids that are homeless. I think when we think about homelessness, we literally think about just people being on the streets, and that's, that's our viewpoint of it. Um, we have so many families that are doubling up or tripling up in a home. We have, you know, you notice that the number of kids is a lot larger than the number of adults. We have a lot of children in our community that are sleeping on couches of friends that don't have any support at all. 
Also, in the state of Indiana, um, suicide is the second leading cause of death for children and adults 15 to 34. And it's staggering to me when I hear the statistics, but like you and I talked about, sometimes when we hear the statistics, we're like, oh my goodness, that's so overwhelming, there's nothing I can do. That it's scary to hear those. Um, but there is something everybody can do. Just by reaching out to one kid, if you see a kid, which we see a lot of kids out right now in Cicero, because it's nice outside. If you see a kid at Alexander's when you're getting some ice cream and just smile at a kid or say, how are you doing? Because a lot of kids in this community, there is nobody saying, how are you doing? There's nobody saying, hey, did you do your homework last night? Or, oh my gosh, you're so funny. I like your shirt. There, kids don't get that. A lot of kids in our community don't get that. And it's simple things that everybody can do. I think for me, one of the things that I, that's in my head when I think of doing that is they're going to think I'm creepy. So <laughs> They won't. And if they do, it's okay. Um, I have found, especially my, my, I call them my kids, because I've told you this before. Every kid in this community, they're my kids. That's the way I look at it, because they're the future for all of us. So even if you're retired or you're moving and you don't have kids in this community, these are our kids. And it's us to lead by example to our kids. So I embarrass my 13-year-old all the time. If we see kids out and they're making a bad decision because they know me as Mrs. Haymaker from the school, I'm like, y'all, what are you doing? And he's, you know, meanwhile, hiding behind me. But just to acknowledge the kids or say hi, especially the younger kids because they'll just kind of look at you like you're crazy, like you said. But you can just say, hi, how are you? Things like that. And getting involved with the school is the big part. Talk a little bit more about that. How, sure. how can we, uh, if, if we decide, okay, we, there's more going on here than what mm -hmm. we see, what can I do? Just give us a couple of steps so sure. we can take. Well, we have a lunch mentor program. Um, everybody that lives in the community is aware that we're doing some shifting with the schools right now. So it will just be for fourth and fifth graders next year. But you just come in once a week, once every two weeks, and you eat lunch with the kid that you're matched up with. We have a, so it's not just, one adult, one kid in a room. It's a lunch mentor room, so there's several other mentors in there with the kid, and it's 20 minutes, I think lunch is, 20 or 30 minutes, and you just spend that time with that child. Um, there's also little things that people can do. You can attend the events that we have at the school. That's huge. If we put on, last two years ago, I think, we put on um, a movie about social media and it was called screenagers and we invited the community i think we had less than 100 so it's just about getting involved because there's kids there too and then they know you're invested and it's helping us with ways to communicate there's also always i do a cooking class i did it once last year at the middle school and it was one of the coolest experiences i've ever had so I sent out a message that we're going to have this cooking class. And I only did for 10 kids because I'm going to admit I am not a cook. <laughs> and I was a little nervous about it being overwhelming. And these kids walked into this room at the middle school from all different social backgrounds. And they're kind of looking at me and they're looking at each other like, oh, I don't want to be here. So as we started cooking and going over, they made pizza and they got to make a dessert. There was one girl in particular, she did not want to be there. You could tell her mom had signed her up to go in there with her little sister. She was not having it. And she's like, yeah, I'm going to make a pizza. I'm not doing anything else. I'm like, okay, you know, that's fine. So we have other adults in there, and we're all just kind of helping. And then later she comes up to the table. She's like, 
yeah, I'm going to make a dessert. I'm like, okay, that's fine, you know. So they're all sitting at this huge kitchen table in the room at the middle school, and they're all eating together, and they're laughing. And these kids are kids that don't see each other during the school day. They don't know each other. They're sharing their pizzas. And at the end, she was going to leave, and she's smiling. And I said, it's better than you thought it was, wasn't it? She's like, yeah. I said, no, I need to hear you say Mrs. Haymaker. It was so much better than I thought it was going to be. And she's like, Mrs. Haymaker, it was so much better than I thought it was going to be. So it's just, it was so rewarding for adults that were in there. So I always need help with stuff like that. I could do four or five of those cooking classes and have all the materials there and help set it up. But I need, I need people. I need people to volunteer to help and come be there and just help me. I mean, we could do 20 kids if I had enough volunteers. That's awesome. So you've, if, if you are interested in getting involved in our community with, with something like Youth Assistance Program or what Marianne has to offer, I would encourage you to find her afterwards, and uh, she will get you plugged in. She's uh, not shy about that part of it, so she will absolutely get you uh, plugged in. So let me, let me come back to you, Matt, and just talk to us a little bit. So Marianne has kind of opened our eyes up that, that not every family in the community is like ours, but talk about, like, for just a minute, our, our own family, what we're doing in our own homes, and how that uh, is, is connected with what's happening in our community. Again, I'm catching you off guard. I'm yeah. making up questions, but I, I feel like you have something to say here. Oh, I have lots of stuff to say. But uh, um, sometimes it's easier outside the home to do the things that you want to do inside the home. And I think part of that is because you're around one another so much. And I, I know that it's partic particularly challenging when you have people of similar personalities or uh, certain particular uh, communication styles. Um, I think of my, my oldest, uh, we, we may butt heads quite a bit, and it's probably because we're both pretty stubborn. We're very similar. And she would hate to hear that right now, that we're just so similar. But um, I, I think the key is consistency in the home uh, and, and consistent in a couple of things. One being that we're, that we're there. And, and two, consistent, consistency in always coming back and not leaving things undone. Um, what do you mean by that? There are times when you just need to take a break from it, when you're in an argument or disagreement. You do need to take a break. But realize that if you leave that undone, that you're, it's never going to be resolved. So if the first or second or third or 17th time that you've tried to address whatever issue may be isn't working, think of a different way to to come back to it, or, and, and, not or, but and, try to understand where the other person's coming from. Uh, with my oldest, Bethany, uh, I need to, I, I'll get a little transparent here, I, I need to understand what it's like to be an almost 16-year-old in 2019. Um, I, I don't know that I can think like a girl, <laughs> but to think like a teen in, in 2019 at almost 16. And that, that's really hard. That takes a lot of energy, a lot of, uh, just a lot of 
brain power and willpower. Um, and there are resources out there that can help us understand a little bit more, like the movie Marianne mentioned, Screenagers. If you guys haven't seen that, if you have kids uh, in, you know, under 18, mm -hmm. that, that movie can really open your eyes up to what, what they're experiencing when it comes to their, their access to phones and internet and that kind of thing. But like you're saying, the, the, the intentional effort of knowing their world, right, starts in home. So let me, let me wrap us up here. And I know this feels like we're just barely scratching the surface of what these two are capable of sharing. But um, I wanted to whet your appetite a little bit and hope that you will come back and talk to them later. But let me, let me read this passage from Romans again, because I think when you, you hear all of that and you hear this, what I want you to see is that there is a way forward. There is a way for the church to be this kind of community that Paul describes here, and we each have an opportunity uh, to move us in that direction. So let me read this again from Romans 12. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. I believe this is the kind of community that God had in mind when he established the church to begin with. And what, what we're hearing and what I hope you, you, you are being pointed to from what Matt and Marianne do and what they have to say is that if we start in our own homes and we make sure that we're, we're valuing clear communication and conflict management in our own homes, and then we can work out into our communities and help people who don't have this kind of intentionality happening for them and bring that into their homes as well, that we can actually make a difference in the lives of individuals. And I think these two could both tell you story after story after story of, of the lives of kids that have been changed by people who will just step in and show some love, who will step in and sacrifice some time and get to know kids and show love. But we have to understand the connection between family and community. We can't just focus on the community and ignore our family. And we can't just focus on the family and act like we're not connected to the community in which we live. So that's my encouragement for you today. I want to, again, point you to the resources that we've had available throughout this series. Emotionally Healthy Spirituality is a book that's still available uh, on the resource table. We ran out of some of the other books, but um, if you know where Amazon is, you can find them. And uh, we'll point you in that direction. But there's some other resources out there on the table as well. But I just want to invite you to pray with me and pray for uh, Matt and Mary Ann and people like them who are stepping into this gap and serving our community in the name of Jesus. Now, would, you, would you pray with me? Dear God, we thank you so much for, um, for creating us for a kind of community where uh, love is the rule, where, where patience and, and bearing with one another is is normal, where, where we live at peace with the people around us. God, it just sounds, it sounds too good to be true almost, but when we understand what's available to us in Jesus Christ, 
God, we know that you can make this happen through us. And so I pray for Matt and April and their family, for Marianne and Sam and and her family as they uh, step into the gap and they serve on our behalf. Would you show us, Father, what step each of us can take? And maybe it's, it's in our own family today or maybe it's in our community, but a step that we can take to help move towards the kind of community that you created us to have because the church is the light of the world. So thank you for giving us this opportunity. And we ask that you would do this through us. In Jesus' name, amen.